You know, I think one of the interesting things about Haydn is when Haydn was alive, he was literally the most famous composer in the world. You know, today, though Haydn still is definitely respected, he really can't compete at the box office with Beethoven and Mozart. But really, when this piece was written in 1795, he was not only the most famous composer in the world, he was as famous as any composer has ever been. And you know, in a way, you can literally see a watershed moment in the entire history of music in Haydn's life. I mean, for many years, he was sitting there in this remote Esterhazy palace. He was essentially a slave. In a way, he represented hundreds of years of music history where the only option for a composer was to actually work either for the church or for some rich patron like Esterhazy. But then, all of a sudden, his really rich, noble patron died who loved music, and the next guy came, and he didn't like music at all. Two days after he took over, he fired the orchestra, and all of a sudden, Haydn was forced into the world of a freelance composer. And this piece grows out of that moment. You know, Haydn wasn't actually sure how to make his way in this new world without a patron. But along comes this guy, Johann Solomon, who's this German impresario who's living in England. And he literally shows up on Haydn's doorstep and says, I'm taking you to London. But he takes him to London for these two fantastic trips. First one in 1791, 1792, and then the second one, 1794, 95. And at this point, he really becomes the most famous composer ever. He writes six symphonies for each of those visits. The one we're going to look at is actually the last one, the 12th. It's gotten the nickname of the London Symphony. But really, there's no reason why this one is the London Symphony, because he wrote 12 of them for London. So what we're going to do is try to get you inside the frame of mind of a 1795 listener. So, for example, there's a minuet. Now, there must be a thousand minuets and trios that Haydn wrote. And this one starts. I mean, half of Haydn is in that. That little trill is going to become the topic of the entire minuet. Now, in a way, that's Haydn in a nutshell. So often the topics of Haydn's music are these tiny little insignificant bits of workaday musical life. I mean, that's not a great theme. There's nothing fantastic. It's kind of like and or the. But somehow for Haydn, this tiny little trill will become the most unbelievably surprising topic for the entire minuet. So often, you know, in a way, Haydn's music is deeply democratic. You know, Mozart's topics are these elegant, aristocratic, jewel-box-like melodies, elegantly crafted. Haydn, it's just a little trill. Or the last movement has a famous one. This is literally a Croatian folk tune. It's almost like it's a peasant in the field. It starts off with this little drone bass. I mean, this is like a little bagpipe. I mean, we're literally out in the fields. There's nothing else but the tune and that drone. That is going to become the topic of one of the most wildly sophisticated, surprising, unexpected pieces you could possibly imagine. So it's little trills and the little Croatian folk tunes, and yet they get somehow swept up in this unbelievably sophisticated plot that Haydn developed. And that's what we're going to try to get. From the peasants in the fields to the most sophisticated concert hall music, we're going to try to get inside the piece to see what makes it tick and what makes it great.